All right. Welcome back to the emergency goalies. And well, it was a mixed week. It ended well, but started out with a real gut wrenching loss. But, you know, the Blackhawks still hanging in there and not in as good a position as they were, but they're still hanging in there. And they only got two out of a possible six points, but the last two points were important. So I'll just, uh, Kick it to you, Michael. I mean, that first game, that really hurt. Yeah, the – you know, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that game. Um, it was – you know, they competed against a tough Carolina team. I think the more talented team just ended up coming out on top. I, you know, it – you can't uh, fault the Blackhawks too much for that game. Uh, I thought I thought it was pretty evenly matched, uh, but uh, the the bounce at the end uh, went uh, the Hurricanes' way. I don't I don't know what else they really say about it. Yeah, you were really just hoping to get you know, just if we could get to overtime, that one yeah. point would have been big. And yeah, it's just the Blackhawks had an unbelievable chance. What? 30 seconds before and it just Kubalik just couldn't get it to go. And yeah, just, yeah, we couldn't get, couldn't the Hawks couldn't get to, you know, a prime scoring chance to go in and then puck just bounces the right way for Carolina at the other end. Uh, it, it happens sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the Hawks had won a game against Carolina the previous week where Carolina completely outplayed them. I shouldn't even say the previous week. It was the previous game Mm -hmm. where Carolina completely outplayed them, but a couple of pucks bounced off of Carolina's sticks and uh, the Blackhawks had, you know, just a couple of chances and they ended up burying them and Lankinen played well and no weird pucks happened to deflect off a defenseman or anything in that game, but and this one it did. Uh, more concerning to me was the following game against Nashville. Who where, just, they just seem to have the Blackhawks number. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, at least in this game, the Blackhawks played well. Mm-hmm. It was just, um, UC Saros was freaking great in the game. And the Predators managed to, to capitalize on their chances. Blackhawks couldn't. And, yeah, that was a, a, a real tough, tough loss for the playoff hopes. Obviously, Nashville now has the playoff position uh, in front of the Blackhawks. And you, you, it certainly could have been a disheartening loss for the team but they came back and played a really strong game the other night in Dallas against Dallas. I guess it was at home, but yeah, I thought that was a a really solid performance up and down the lineup. I think this was the first time where we really got to to see the the potential of their top line Mm -hmm. with Kirby doc getting inserted between Debrinket and, and Kane. And, uh, you know, Kirby Doc is really starting to – he's starting to get into the flow of the games now. 
Yeah, he's he's starting to get his legs under him. He's winning board battles. It's so refreshing to see the Blackhawks have somebody that can not only skate well enough to win some foot races, but even when he doesn't win a foot race, he can win the puck back either through uh, his size and strength and reach or sometimes just because he's really skilled and slick with his stick. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really can make a difference for a guy like Patrick Kane, where if, you know, even three or four more times during a game, if Kirby doc can get the puck back where, um, you know, Pew Suter wasn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can make a difference in, in a goal really, um, or at least, a, you know, a few prime scoring opportunities. Yes. And also we got to see, you know, we've been talking about, um, Kirby Doc, you know, finishing. Well, he definitely finished his chance against the Stars. Yeah, that, that was, was a great, a really win. nice goal. Really nice goal. Went uh, backhand, forehand, roofed it. Uh, really sweet pass by Patrick Kane. Uh, just a beautiful saucer pass. Uh, and then old friend Vinny Hinnestroza. Yes, his... I was going to ask you about that. Come back with the Blackhawks. Also made a, a sweet uh, saucer pass to Dominic Kubalik and now he, you know, we were talking about size and speed. Definitely does not have size, but he's got some got pretty speed. good speed. Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely not somebody who is against this trade. I know I, I saw some people are like, why are we bringing back yet another former Blackhawk? You know, a guy who hasn't scored a point this year was in Q's doghouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blackhawks need speed. And Vinny Henestroza, he's not ancient. Uh, you know, there's still a little bit of upside left in, in his career. Uh, you know, obviously he's a pending free agent, but, mm-hmm. you know, they have the cap space. This is, you know, we've talked about them. As long as they don't give up anything, uh, they can utilize some of their long-term injury space. And that's what they're doing with, with this move and it gives them a second uh, good skater to pair with Brandon Hagel and, you know, kind of spread some speed out across the, the third and fourth line. And then you add Kirby doc into the first line who, you know, average skater, but you know, he's got that size and length and strength and skill where you now got somebody who can retrieve a puck on the first line in Estroza and Hagel on the third and fourth lines can win some, some foot races. And I think it can, it can really benefit the entire team just kind of throughout the whole lineup. Uh, you know, obviously it's put, it, it's pushed uh, Soderstrom out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. I, not a big deal to me. Uh, Do you, you know, think Soderberg gets moved now? I think he will. Uh, I I would imagine somebody would be willing to give up like a sixth or a seventh round pick for him. Mm-hmm. He did have one solid stretch of, you know, he, he played a really solid, uh, it was probably what, Jan- late January, early February, yeah, yeah. stretch of about a month. Yes. Um, you know, any team that acquires him would be looking for, you know, he would be like the Michael Hanzoos type. Mm-hmm. 
acquisition where uh, you pick them up as either a fourth line center or maybe even just an extra forward who can slot into the lineup if you lose somebody yeah. during the the playoffs. But yeah, you're not going to get anything for no. him really. I wouldn't think. Um, you know, and then Henestrosa also gives them a little bit of coverage in case they do decide to to move Matias Yanmark, which mm-hmm. I would like to see them do, um, especially if we continue to be on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Yes. Um, every day that that goes goes on here over the next week, um, trade deadline I want to say is next Tuesday or Wednesday. Yes, it's very close. So. Yeah, I know it's within within 10 days, and I think it's actually within a week at this point. So, yeah, it, you know, we're kind of in that countdown. Yanmark uh, and Soderberg are really the only two I can kind of see them moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hinnestroza, not he's not forcing any of the young players out of the lineup. So I'm fine with it. Yeah, if you're, that's basically like Soderberg or, or Hinnestroza, and it's like, yeah, I'll go with Hinnestros of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. I would much rather have uh, the speed element. The only the only thing with not having Soderberg in the lineup is now we are really down to just David Camp as to somebody who can win a, win a face-off. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, even with those two guys, the Blackhawks were still getting massacred in the face-off circle yes. on a regular basis. So what you know, what's the big difference? So yeah, and you know. With with Nashville, it's just they've won ten or twelve games. Now, yeah. is there any way can they sustain this pace? I mean, that's what you got to hope that they can't sustain it. Yeah, uh, it it's really all going to come down to UC Saros. Uh, he's been fantastic for them over the last month or so. As long as he continues to play like he is, you can ride a hot goalie as long as he's as long as he's playing up to that and. You know, Nashville doesn't score a lot, but they're a pretty sound structural team. So if their goaltender is hot, they can do a pretty good job of winning. Yeah, they get that first they get that first goal in. Yep. They lock down. And then they can squeeze, yep, they can squeeze you in the neutral zone. And that's kind of what we saw a little bit. The the Hawks really got kept to the outside quite a bit. And but they're Nashville's also just, they're also very streaky because I looked at their schedule and they lost like seven of eight before their streak. So they're now they might have injuries in, but Uh, well, uh, Soros was out for a while and they were having to rely on Rene. Oh, okay. Um, And I think that was kind of a, a determining factor for their success, but they were also, you know, they're, they're an offensively challenged team. Mm -hmm but they had a stretch there where they just couldn't score at all. And it doesn't matter how good your defense is and your goaltending is if you, you know, they couldn't generate anything. Whereas now they're, they're, they're chipping in just enough. The advantage they have is they've got the nice support from the back end offensively. Mm -hmm. They got defensemen that know how to move the puck uh, really good in the transition game. And that's kind of a, a separating factor between the, the Hawks and the, and the Predators right now, um, uh, you know, which would, uh, you know, would otherwise be fairly even matchups between mm-hmm. the two teams, but 
Nashville's just got that that one edge over the Hawks right now. And then you have a uh, Columbus, who the only thing they can do is beat Tampa Bay. But they beat Tampa Bay a lot. It seems like it. Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't been scoreboard watching. Uh, you know, on a daily basis, but when I whenever I seem to look, it seems like oh boy, yep, Columbus is beating Tampa Bay again. Which, hey, I mean, more power to them. I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, my understanding, Patrick Liney isn't doing anything. Uh, Jack Roslovic was <laughs> uh, was a scratch the other night. So, you know, I mean, they've traded their number one center for two guys that don't seem to be working out. But, you know, well, still our earlier, Tampa. Yeah, our earlier prediction about, like, trading for Liney with um, Tortorella didn't seem like a good matchup and it has not worked out very good. Yeah. I don't know what the, uh, the end solution to that was going to be, whether, you know, they end up forcing Tortorella out or if they just end up trading line eight. I don't know. I, uh, Columbus is really in that. Um, they're not bad enough. To finish at the top of the lottery, but they're not good enough to do anything. If should they get into the playoffs, you know the Blackhawks still have some star talent, and they've got a nice young centerpiece in Kirby Doc, and potentially one in Adam Boquist. I, I don't really know what Columbus has at this point, um, and yeah. you know I, I just they don't really scare me over the next few years. I just, I don't know what direction they have to go on. And Nashville's kind of entering into that mm-hmm. phase. You know, their, their, their team is aging and they haven't really pulled the trigger on the, the retool or rebuild like the Blackhawks have in the last year. So I think the, I think the Hawks are going to end up, even if Nashville finishes ahead of them this year, the Hawks are going to be a year ahead of them in the rebuild. And, and um, so of course, into, you know, going into the future uh, next year, though, I mean, who knows what the divisions will be anyway. So they might be, well, I think we'll, I think you'll be back to normal next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, really Dallas is the one team that's the, the big wild card in all this, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it was a, Big, big win for the Blackhawks the other night. Uh, I thought they played a really good game. Mm -hmm. Dallas, you know, ended up threatening uh, the comeback and almost another three-goal lead um, went away, but Hawks managed to hold on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we've we've talked about it. Their schedule between having the time off from COVID and then the the big winter storm down there they don't have more than one day off the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's really kind of like uh, last season with the baseball season with mm-hmm. the St. Louis Cardinals, where they just had, you know, a ridiculous number of games at the end and they ended up fade, fading a little bit down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's probably going to happen with Dallas, but they're still a pretty dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're probably slightly more talented than both the Hawks and the Predators, but, I just, I don't know if they can, if they're talented enough to overcome their schedule Mm -hmm. that's coming up. So at this point, 
you'd put put money on the predators predators and hawks and at least at this point with the way that the predators just seem to have the blackhawks number that that could end up being the deciding factor just the hawks inability to even get loser points out of any of these games against nashville could end up being the the real deciding factor well um obviously they finish uh playing dallas and then that didn't look ahead but oh i've got it up here yeah we got the one more game against dallas tomorrow night and then back to back against the blue jackets and then back to back against detroit before a big three game stretch against nashville so this is a really big opportunity this is the the part of the schedule we were talking about that eases up after the big teams that they have to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. We got, we're, we're through that hellish March. We're into the soft part of the April schedule that we had targeted for a long stretch here. Uh, you know, with the way they played against Dallas yesterday, you'd love to see them have another effort like that tomorrow. Although I'm guessing Dallas is really going to come out because they know yes. how important that game is. Gonna be. It could so, be desperate. Yeah. You know, the Hawks finally had a good first period yesterday against Dallas. That's been a real issue for them over the last couple of weeks. They need another one tomorrow to, cause uh, like I said, Dallas is going to bring some intensity. You have to assume. So the Blackhawks have got to be ready to match that. You heard some good um, quotes from Kane after the game that they're talking about. And other teammates were talking about Kane sat everyone down and gave the speech about how, these are playoff games from now on. Right. And they came out with the intensity. So yep. you're hoping guys like him will be pushing on the gas. But yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you're going to be running into Columbus and Detroit, you know, heading into and just out of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are two teams that are going to probably be focused elsewhere and onto next season and onto the, to the draft at that point. So, the Blackhawks have really got to make a push here because then, like I said, in, in, in two weeks, you've got three straight games against Nashville, mm-hmm. one on the road, two at home. And <laughs> you'd like that to be really could be the determining yes. factor. You'd like to be either tied or ahead going right. into those games. Right. Cause it'll be hard to get decisive wins. So, yep. Yeah, the only advantage the Hawks have is two of the three are at home. So that's mm-hmm. nice, a nice thing to hang your hat on. But yeah, let's let's rack up some points here against Columbus and Detroit and see see if we can't maybe be- bury the stars tomorrow. Yes. I don't know if you have anything else to, to No, I mean the only other thing would be maybe just talking about the trade deadline, but I think we've kind of covered that previously. I, I don't think, you know, especially with the acquisition of Finistroza, mm-hmm. they it seems like they've already kind of gotten their yeah they've done their one in one out sort of thing. Um, I do think they might still, uh, if it makes sense, if there's an expiring contract that they can add without giving up any assets or mm-hmm or receive assets in order to take on a contract to free up some cap space for somebody else. I I think the Hawks will will definitely still consider that. And then keep an eye on 
Yeah, and Mark and Soderbergh, the most likely right. to get moved. Yep. Yeah. I mean, those uh, really the only two, I think uh, I just, I can't foresee the Hawks moving any of their young players. So mm-hmm. it's really just those two veterans. Uh, they waived Yan, um, uh, Walmart, Walmart the other yeah. day. Uh, you know, he obviously just didn't work out. He cleared waivers. I mean, right. You know, he's, he's a guy who's had some success at the NHL mm-hmm. level. In hindsight, I think he was just a bad fit for the Blackhawks. He was yet another slow forward on a slow team. And I think in some of his previous situations, he got to to be the one slow guy on Carolina, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were able to cover for him. With the Blackhawks, there was just there was no. nobody that was ever able to cover for him. And in some instances, he was just, you know, it, he wasn't even the main anchor on the line. Sometimes there was somebody in yeah. some cases, there was somebody slower than him and it just, it didn't, didn't work out, but mm-hmm. no big, no big loss. They didn't invest any big yeah. contract in them or anything. Yeah. So. I think the only other thing was that Rockford ice hogs were purchased by the Blackhawks. Yes. Yeah. And that's Which, about, I, you know, I, guess that's probably a good thing. I, I, I don't know enough about the situation to yeah, really either to really make too much of a comment on it. Um, I, I personally Rockford is I've, I've gone to games there. I used to go to games. Um, boy, I, I'm trying to think. I, I don't think it was in the pre cup days. I, I, I used to go to some uh, of the minor league games when like Bufflin and Versteeg and Brower oh, okay. and all those guys were playing, but I can't remember if those were in Rockford or if I'm thinking of some later seasons when I still went and I don't know, I, I, I didn't really enjoy the Rockford experience very much. It's, it's not the nicest town in the world. I kind of feel like the Blackhawks could probably find a better yeah. situation, move the team somewhere maybe, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you want proximity. Yeah. Because um, they used know, to be Norfolk way back, right? Which was always a, a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, just it, it, it's too difficult to shuttle guys up and down. So Rockford geographically makes sense. I just it's it's a very weird uh, yes. situation there too. But anyway, like I said, I, I don't know enough about it to really say one way or the other how much of a benefit mm-hmm. owning the team will be. But mm-hmm. um, it at least over the last few years, it's not like Rockford has under their ownership has uh, pursued trying to win the AHL championship. Like, like uh, the Chicago wolves have where they bring in a lot of AHL veterans and the focus isn't necessarily on developing prospects. Mm-hmm. The Blackhawks have, and with Rockford have, have tried to develop prospects. They haven't been very good at it. And frankly, the Blackhawks hadn't had a lot of prospects to send there. Um, but, but they tried the situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were, they were trying. So I, the situation didn't seem bad. Maybe it'll be better now. I don't know, but I, yeah. All right. Well, and you know, we say this every week, but it really is a make or break <laughs> week coming up now. I mean, we're, we're, we're down to the final six weeks, not even five mm-hmm. weeks, six weeks. So yeah, yeah, like Patrick Kane said, it's all the playoffs from here on out and yep. the Blackhawks 
want to make it, they got to start putting in the work right now. Uh, they can't allow more than, you know, a couple of let ups the rest of the way. That's right. All right. Well, I am SGH85 on Twitter. Michael? MJ underscore Ernst. Yeah. And you can subscribe on the Apple podcast app and give us a rating and a review. And yeah, until our next episode, let's pick up some points and go Hawks.